Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Film Geeks, today's class is all about the fifth and final installment of the Indiana Jones film franchise. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Woo, y'all, it's been like, what, two weeks since our last episode, so let me catch you up on things. So, our last episode was The Blackening. I was able to see all three big movies that came out that weekend, Elemental, The Blackening, and The Flash. I went and saw The Flash that Sunday. I did not post a review on that. That video would actually get taken down off of YouTube. Um, I'm not interested in playing that game of sensitivity with people and triggers and whatnot, and I don't want to just not have an episode on youtube right i could probably put it on all other platforms but just leave it off of youtube i don't want to do that so i just said you know what scrap it and whenever i do kind of a mid-year this is what i've seen thus far kind of episode talking about the movies that i have seen and you know what's coming up in the following year i think i'll probably mention the flash then so after the flash i had kind of a monday to chill and prepare for my big trip to oklahoma did i mention that i was going to oklahoma so i drove up to oklahoma from the city of new orleans where i live to visit some friends i stayed with them for about 4 days it was an amazing time i came back last saturday had like the afternoon to chill sunday to chill and then monday i have been with my church they had their high school youth conference thing and i was there for 3 days um from like 8 a.m. until I got home, usually sometime after 9 o'clock. So, yeah, that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday was kind of a bit of a chill day. Actually, no, Thursday wasn't chill. I actually went to church again to, you know, watch some of the staff kids. That's what I do from time to time. And um, then I went and saw Indiana Jones, and that's where we are right now. That's what we're talking about today. So this movie, as far as reviews are concerned, has they've been kind of all over the place because from what I can recall, correct me if I'm wrong, but this movie got a good, you know, immediate response 
from cans. And by immediate, I mean like, you know, movies over credits are rolling and then, you know, people are giving their reaction. But the, the, the reviews that have come out thus far have been kind of iffy. And it's interesting, you know, people are a little confused, like, why is it like that? I don't understand. So I saw the movie last night. Now, quick disclaimer with me, I am not a big Indiana Jones fan. That's not to say that I don't like Indiana Jones. I've always enjoyed the Indiana Jones movies. But I mean, that those types of movies are kind of, you know, one and done for me. I enjoy them the first time I see them. But I'm never like, oh, I want to watch that again. That's not me. Um, Love Harrison Ford, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, you know, John Williams, the, the great trifecta. I enjoy the work they put out. But in terms of kind of the, the genre of it all, it's not my thing. It's not really for me. I enjoy it when I see it, but then I'm like, okay, whatever. So I haven't seen the original Indiana Jones movies in a very, very long time. And then the fourth film, the one with Shia LaBeouf, that came out, I think, 2008. I saw that once when it came out in theaters and I enjoyed it when I saw it. And But that was it. And I was kind of reluctant. I was like, okay, I hope I'm able to follow along with what's happening in this movie. But here's the thing I've always liked about the Indiana Jones movies is that while this character is consistent through all the movies and, you know, we know who he is, what he's about, what he does, each movie is very different from the other. You don't really have to watch every single movie to kind of get what's happening in the third. Like when I saw the fourth one, one about the crystal skull, I think I can't remember the exact title. And I hadn't seen the originals again for a very, very long time. But when I went to see the movie, it was very easy to just kind of fall into it. Very easy. And the same thing with this movie, again, haven't seen the originals for a very long time, but it was very easy to just fall into the groove of things. Um, The director here did a very good job, I think, of giving us a little bit of exposition as to who Indiana Jones is, where he's been and where he is now in his life without giving us too much explanation, kind of letting the elements and details of his life tell that story. I loved that part of it. So this is not going to be a super long take. I don't think there's a whole lot to be said here. Uh, I I only have a couple of things to say. So we're just going to get straight to it. Y'all ready? Let's go. So this is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold, not Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg has directed the first four films, but not this one. And I told myself last night when I got home um, from the movie theater that I was going to look up and see why he didn't direct. But uh, somebody decided they wanted to get into a whole car accident on Highway 90 on the Mississippi Bridge coming from the West Bank back to New Orleans. Which, you know, par for the course. And usually it's just one accident, but there was two. I'm like, first I was like, okay, well, why are we like all stopped in traffic over a fender, over a fender bender? You know, like, okay, like the sky is blue. The water is wet. Like this is normal New Orleans stuff. Like why is this halting traffic? But then there was something about a school bus, like a random school bus in the dark uh, with windows busted out. I have no idea what happened, but it was in the middle of the road, blocked traffic. I didn't get home to till almost midnight and I was ready to crash. So I have no idea why Steven Spielberg did not direct this movie. I would love to know the answer to that. I imagine it may be a schedule thing, a schedule conflict, or maybe he just didn't want to. Because, you know, the Fablemans came out last year and then West Side Story the year before that. Two very big projects. And the Fablemans is, you know, 
a personal project, a pet project, something he's been working on for years and finally came to fruition. So I imagine maybe it was a scheduling conflict kind of thing. And George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, because these are characters created betwixt the two of them, um, really had a hand in producing this film and, you know, whatnot. I think they were both executive producers in a way. So they helped provide some of the funding. And then John Williams provided the score. Yay. So directed by James Mangold stars, the lovely Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller bridge, Antonio Banderas. It took me forever watching this movie to place his face. I haven't seen him in a long time. So Antonio Banderas in my head is still a very young man. It never occurred to me. These people get old. So I'm trying to figure out who this man is. He sounds familiar. He looks familiar. He 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 feels familiar. Credits roll, Antonio Banderas. I, I, I felt very sad with myself. This also stars John Reese Davies, Boyd Holbrook, Oliver Richards, Mads Michelson, Allah Safi. This has a very nice cast. So what is this about? So, you know... Professor Jones is in his old age. He is retiring from teaching um, college classes and whatnot, and he's going through a divorce. You know, we learned that his son has died in war. This takes place around the time of the moon landing, so late 60s, right? What, 68, 69? Um, I always get my MLK and moon landing years mixed up. I know one of them 68 and one of them 69. Don't come at me, okay? Hey, I got the decade right at least the right half of the decade. But I always get those two years mixed up for whatever reason. So that's where this is taking place. That is the setting here is the moon landing. And literally the moon landing is the setting here. This is the backdrop for the story. We know this is a significant time in history, transition in the way we understand our world and our place in the universe, right? Just how large and, and vast this world is. And the fact that we can literally just kind of get out and just touch it. You know, interesting backdrop for where the story takes place and he ends up meeting his goddaughter whose name is Helena I just forgot it for a hot second and they're talking about this old device that he found once upon a time that he stole from a Nazi train because you know Indiana Jones is all about being you know you know finding the lost artifacts rescuing things sending them to museums and then you know defeating Nazis and turns out she's a bit of a crook she doesn't have the you know, best of intentions with this. She wants to auction it off, sell it and get the cash. And now Indiana Jones is kind of caught in this mix between the CIA and the Nazis who are trying to retrieve the artifact that they originally stole because this artifact is kind of a dial and it's a half of a dial. And so they want the that first half and then they want to find the second half, put it together to complete this little mini machine that was made over 2000 years ago that can predict elements in the future but also bring you back to the past and this nazi man wants to rewrite wrongs that he was a part of that's his whole goal here interesting concept the story in and of itself is good harrison ford is his wonderful so we love harrison ford right i feel like he's just kind of a household name he's one of those actors that we all just kind of love for no good reason we just love him he i mean he's been with he's intergenerational he's cross-generational he's multi-generational he is, you know, ev- I think everyone alive it's, has a somewhat parasocial relationship with Harrison Ford, right? Am I wrong? We've come to really just 
love and appreciate all that he has contributed to much of our childhoods growing up, you know, whether you grew up with Star Wars, Indiana Jones, or some of his more racier stuff in the 90s, you know, romantic dramas, romantic thrillers, you know, we, we've really come to kind of just love and appreciate him. And then with the resurgence of Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all that jazz, like we've really just come to love and appreciate all this man has done throughout our lives, our children's lives. We love him, right? I think he's wonderful in this. Now, this is the part where it, it gets a little weird for me. And this is why I say there's not much to say. The movie by itself, I mean, just the the mechanics of it all, the technical stuff, it's solid. This reminded me of kind of the old live action Disney circa, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005, thinking about, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean when those movies came out. And there was this, you know, attention to crisp little detail and colors something that's very much lacking from a lot of these new live action films coming from Disney where they can't seem to figure out what to do with color which is so weird because it was color that kind of birthed Disney um Disney was doing his thing with you know little Mickey shorts here and there in the 20s and then in the 30s when we start to incorporate sound and we start to incorporate color Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs comes out and it's whoa it's incredible but Disney as of late can't seem to figure out what to do with the details can't seem to figure out what to do with color but this isn't quite disney okay this is distributed by the walt disney company but this is lucas films lucas films is under the disney umbrella owned by disney but it's it's, it's still its own little entity that's the thing with these subsidiaries i mean you can take a look at the um things that Disney controls and things that Disney owns, but these are not all the same creative minds. It's not like you have a whole, all this crossover here. Lucasfilms does something different. Disney does something different. Marvel does something different, yet they're all under the same Disney umbrella. And while they're all doing different things visually, there's still something that kind of connects them that's led to this kind of mediocre arc that Disney has had the last several years where it's like, Okay, Marvel has been doing the dang thing for a while. Lucasfilms has been doing the dang thing since before I was born. What what what's what's what is it with Disney? And the only thing that that, that connects all of these things is Disney. Disney can't seem to get itself together narrative wise and that's the problem with this movie visually the movie is beautiful sound is great um the acting is great it the move the the film moves very well it's constantly moving a lot of action so for you people with young kids wondering how is my child going to be engaged they may not get the story but they're going to love the action it, it's this movie's constantly moving and then i think for people who love to kind of explore there is kind of that element in there however this movie just kind of lacks something and i've been trying to figure it out figure out since last night what it is this movie is lacking there's there's something that's just missing from the story the narrative is there we have all the right characters and all the right pieces but there's something about the story that's missing a heart the story this movie lacks heart the, the, there's something soft and empathetic that's missing from this thing that's that only Steven Spielberg can bring, which is why I asked why he wasn't part of this picture. Because James Mangold is not Mangold is not a terrible director. He's a good director. He has a great resume, but he's not Steven Spielberg. And there's something that Steven Spielberg brings to a family picture that no one else can seem to do. There's a, there's a heart and an, a sense of empathy and love that he kind of brings to the story that that brings you into it and that connects you to it. That's missing from this. And it kind of put me at a distance. I was watching these events take place, but I wasn't really engaging in it. I wasn't really brought in or drawn in. There was nothing in me that was really kind of 
participating in the action. You know what I mean? That was kind of not there. And I think that's the issue that a lot of people are having with this movie. The action is there, but that that heart is missing. That kind of makes it a little more extra. I think there was potential for this to kind of be a movie of the year kind of kind of deal. But I'm not seeing that in in the final product because that heart is missing. Really, that's all I have to say about this. I think if you're an Indiana Jones fan, if you are a big Indiana Jones fan, I don't know if you'll like this or not, because there's that heart of the story that I think that connects you to it after all these years. And it's not here. And I think that's going to bother you. I think it's going to bug you a little bit. The action is there. It moves, you know, it has that kind of old school 80s action feel to it with a little bit of modernness to it that makes sense in this modern age. It doesn't, you know, dig too deep in the nonsensicalness of the 80s that made sense at the time. So nonsensical that it just doesn't make sense in 2023. It kind of blends that, I think. And it's colorful. It's beautiful. It's bright. It's bold. The, the details are very crisp, but that heart is missing. So I'm not sure if you'll like it or not. If you're not a big Indiana Jones fan I think you'll notice something's missing but I don't think you'll care too much I mean it's an it's a ride of a film it's a good ride it's just missing that heart and that's noticeable and it's interesting though because these are known for being very action-packed loud um crazy adventure kind of movies but that the heart of a movie god there's a word for it but I can't find it let me know in the comment section what you think this word might be that the heart of the movie is what's made it so what's given it the longevity. Does that make sense? And I, it almost makes me mad. I think this is the problem with Disney. I think if Disney had stayed away from Lucasfilms, I think if Steven Spielberg had been, you know, said eight. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
either direct this or it's not happening, um, we would have been given a completely different movie. There's something about Steven Spielberg as a director that he understands that a movie is not something that you watch. It's something you experience. It's something that you don't just sit there and you look at it, but you interact with it. It's an interactive experience. And he knows how to do that, I think. And that was just missing from this. It just was. I'm not sure what else to tell y'all about it. Other than now we're, we're being told this is the fifth and final installment of the Indiana franchise. But a lot of people, the talk that I'm seeing, a lot of people seem to think that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, her character, Helena, Helena Shaw, uh, might be the next Indiana Jones. If they ever decide to revive or, you know, bring back this franchise or whatever that they might use her character to build it i think they're kind of setting us up for that in this movie setting us up to kind of really connect more with her than with harrison ford does that make sense and to kind of get us used to the possibility that she might be what comes next i kind of hope not i don't really like her character I, I I just didn't like her. It wasn't just that she was a thief. I think there's a redeeming arc in that plot, in that part. Although I'm really sick to death of villain like or villain adjacent people being given some kind of character art. Why can't they just do bad things because they want to and just leave them that way? Some some people just don't become good. Okay, we don't. Not everybody needs a character arc. Okay, but anyways, I digress. It wasn't even because you know she's the thief at the beginning and she kind of sort of gets a heart of gold. I just did not like her character at all. I just didn't like her. And um, so I, I hope if they decide to bring back Indiana Jones, it's, you know, 100 years from now when I'm dead and gone and, you know, all of us are dead and gone and we just don't remember and we, we can't be mad about it. But I don't think it would be a good I don't think anything good would come out of them trying to make a female Indiana Jones. Can I can I say something controversial for a hot second? Or can I do that? I'm going to do that. <laughs> So here's a controversial part, and let me know what you think. Now, we've had many conversations about um, race swapping, right? Little Mermaid, Tinkerbell, and now there's, you know, the conversations surrounding the How to Train Your Dragon um, uh, live-action film, even with Lilo and Stitch, because, you know, apparently this woman who is playing Nani isn't dark enough. I mean, crazy, right? But here we are. So, you know, we've had those conversations. And then you want to talk about gender swapping, which is something I feel like we've been dealing with longer than the whole race swapping issue. And I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not interested in seeing a female Indiana Jones. I'm just not interested here's the thing and I, I know people don't want to admit it they want to pretend like it doesn't exist it's not real but men and women are different and men and women are perceived differently in our roles the way we function in society the way we make society work women and men have different roles and we do things differently that doesn't make one better than the other that just means we have strengths that men don't men have strengths that we don't it's a beautiful complimentary thing and i hate that we're living in a society right now that wants to run away from that that seeks to try to masculinize women and feminize men in order to kind of upset that balance but the thing is that can only go on for so long before society has to right itself and then where are we? But we're seeing this a lot in film where we're seeing, and I talked about this in um, the Elemental review, where I'm really getting sick and tired of Hollywood just stripping the femininity out of women. And I got a lot of that from Helena Shaw, Phoebe um, Waller-Bridge's character, where they just kind of stripped some of the femininity out of her to make her kind of neutral. 
because she wasn't quite masculine. I, I think about, you know, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. And nobody likes her character, which sucks for her because, you know, this is Marvel. It's comic books. It's personal for people. So a lot of that transference, people don't like Captain Marvel. Therefore, they don't like Brie Larson. And it sucks for her. Again, she's an incredible actress. I've been a fan of Brie Larson since I was like high school. Okay. When she was itty bitty and doing music, I still bump her album on my iPod. Well, iPhone, but you know, iPod, whatever. And you know, she's very talented, gifted, Academy Award winning actress. She deserves all her accolades. But unfortunately, she was done super dirty in um, Captain Marvel. But they stripped a lot of the femininity out of that character. And I think that's what really bothered people. There was something unbalanced there. And you know it and you recognize it. And even when you're living as a woman, you're living out of balance, you notice. And it's irritating. And there was something about this character that just seemed out of balance. And personally, I'm just sick and tired of Hollywood just saying women aren't wonderful as they are. That there's something wrong with the way women are. That we're better women when we're less feminine. We're better women when we're more masculine or we're better women when we're a little more neutral. It's it's irritating. I'm sick of seeing it. And the same thing goes for men. I think people are kind of tired of it and they don't I don't think they realize why they're tired. But there's something that's kind of out of balance. And I don't want to see that done to the Indiana Jones franchise. I think they're thinking about it. I think they're considering it because Disney at this point really doesn't know what to do. They're at a loss. That's why we're seeing so many remakes and sequels. They don't know what to do. They've lost that creative edge. They haven't quite figured it all out. And I I know someone's thinking, you know, what if we take her and just make her the new Indiana Jones? Don't do it, Disney. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just that's all I got to say. All right, so if I had this in video format, I'd have a big cry-on or a big title on the screen that says the parental unit. That is what I'm calling this this part of the podcast until I can find a better name for it. But this is for parents who are wondering, is this appropriate for my child? I believe this, mo- this movie is rated PG-13. So, um... I don't know. I'm so weird. See, here's my struggle with doing this, but I want to provide this service and I want to get better at, you know, paying attention to these kinds of things in movies, which is why I'm doing this. So this is me kind of growing as I go. Right. Um, my mom didn't really have any boundaries with respect to me in film. I'll get, for those, you know, I've been watching horror movies since I was five or six years old, but I also grew up in the nineties where parents cared less about stuff like that. Now, And I could handle it. And I was fine. Never mind when my mom took me to see Child's Play 3 in theaters. And I cried five minutes in because, you know, Chucky was big. Before that, I'd only seen Chucky on the TV. And I was bigger than the TV. Now, Chucky was bigger than me. And I was a little scared. But we've been best friends since then. You know, Chucky and I, we worked out our differences. And we've been best friends ever since, you know, friend till the end and all that jazz. So me kind of like pushing that aside and having to think like a parent and realize that not every child was like me where they could handle stuff like that. Not every child can. And then this being 2023 where parents are a little more aware and a little more vigilant as to the media that their children consume. So if you have a child under the age of 10, I think they'll be fine. Now, if you haven't explained certain aspects of history to them, like, 
you know, the Holocaust, Hitler, Nazis, just be prepared to have those conversations. There was actually a critic who was like, here, we have another movie where no one explains why the Nazis are bad. You shouldn't have to. It's 2023, ma'am. You shouldn't have to explain why the Nazis are bad. If you don't know why the Nazis are bad, you need to spend less time in a movie theater and more time in a library. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So if you are a parent of a young child and they might they might ask you about that, why the Nazis are bad or what does this mean or who is Hitler? So just be prepared to maybe have some of those conversations. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. There are, you know, guns and explosions and people do die in the movie. Um, people getting shot, blood, whatnot. So that is there. The language in this isn't terrible. Um, from what I can remember, it, it's not bad at all. So I don't think that's something you have to worry about. But I do think you just have to worry about some of the more historical elements that your child may not understand that might go over their head a little bit. Nothing for you to worry about. Just be prepared to have that conversation. No big deal. I don't think anyway. Um, and then, you know, the blood and killing and people getting shot, high speed car chases and, um, you know, underwater deep dives, eels, bugs, um, you know, stuff that wouldn't freak out a parent, but it freaked me out. Okay. There was a scene with eels and me and the lady next to me were the lady next to me. We were both just like, Ugh, just holding our hands onto the screen, like, leave me alone, get away from me. There were centipedes and spiders and it was gross. So yeah, a lot of stuff like that and you know there is a big war scene at the end that's kind of cool that was probably another thing about the movie that i thought was a little cheaply done it looked like something off of discovery id but um so yeah there there is that part you know whatnot and people putting themselves in dangerous situations i think even though the movie is rated pg-13 if your kid i say is eight years old i think they'll be fine especially if you've shown them the indiana jones movies before this isn't completely out of the realm this isn't you know your this isn't you know 2023 hollywood level violence i don't think i think this really just kind of falls in line with what we've seen from the previous indiana jones movies so i hope that helps let me know if you have any other questions but yeah, I, I would mark this safe for your kid. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave about another movie. So that was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold, starring Harrison Ford. Just to sum it all up, I thought it was a fun ride of a movie. It was just, it was just missing heart, something that emotionally connects the audience to the characters. So that was my only grief. But other than that, I had a good time. So what's coming up next? I am seeing, I think it's called The Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel, the man who played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. Um, I should know the man's name because, oh my goodness, did I have a crush on that man when I was when I was younger? Who? I was in love with him. Then he played Jesus, and I felt guilty. But yes, I'll be seeing that on Monday. It's a limited release that I think comes out on July fourth. So if you haven't d- gotten your tickets for that, I would highly recommend getting it. This movie is going to be about child trafficking. So I'll actually give that review to you Friday, but I'll be seeing that early Monday morning. What's coming up else? Also next week is Insidious. I believe this is the fifth film in the Insidious franchise. Chronologically, it's a little weird. So there is a fourth one I actually have not seen. I need to see it. Don't ask me why I didn't see it. I don't remember. 2018 was a year. That was a year. That was a rough year. And these movies tend to come out pretty early in the year. I think that one came out January, if I'm not mistaken. 
I can look it up. Yep, January 5th. So yeah, beginning of January for me in terms of life in 2018 was just rough. So yeah, I didn't I didn't do much of anything other than go to work and go to church. But I'll just have to find it somewhere, watch it real quick, and then watch Insidious 5, uh, The Red Door, on next Thursday. However, I'm pretty sure I do not have to watch the fourth one in order to understand what's happening in the fifth one. Now, again, chronologically, these are a little weird. So you have Insidious 1, 2, 3, and 4, and now 5, right? But chronologically, the way this works, it's Insidious 3, 4, 1, 2, 5, So five is going to pick up where the second one left off kind of like 10 years later. So we're back with um, the family, the original family. And that's, you know, young Dalton. And after his whole experience of, you know, being in what they thought was a coma, but not. So, yeah, we're going back to that family. And that's where this fifth one picks off. So if you're someone like, well, I haven't seen the latest ones. You don't need to. You only need to see Insidious 1 and 2, which are on HBO Max, in order to understand what's happening in the fifth. Uh, Two and three are chronologically before one and two take place. Does that make sense? So if you're wanting to watch these movies in chronological order, it's three, four, one, two, five. That makes sense? So yeah, that's what's coming up. I think I mentioned before, I got my ticket for Oppenheimer. My best friend is coming in that week. So we're going to see that together and I'm going to make her co-host this podcast with me that day because she'll be in town. She already knows. Now I have to talk her into also seeing Barbie the same day we see Oppenheimer. I don't think she'll care though. I mean, it's Louisiana. It's still going to be hot. We're not going to be one out. Gonna we're not going to want to be outside too much, and um, yeah, we're just hanging. So yeah, I have to find a way to make her want to see two movies with me in one day, and then record two podcasts with me. That'll be fun. She doesn't know yet. Um, I also don't know if she listens to my podcast or not. I don't care if she does or doesn't. That's a spider. Anyways, yeah, sidetrack. So, um, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Mission Impossible comes out as well that same week. I forget what comes out the week in between, but I'm really looking forward to Oppenheimer. That's going to be my first IMAX experience, and I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I've never seen a movie in IMAX. I've never wanted to because, again, up until October of last year, I've been paying for my own movie tickets, right? Now I have AMC A-List where I can see up to three movies a week for free. So I was like, hey, I'm not paying anything extra with this. I may as well go see something in IMAX. Now I'm obsessed with Prime at AMC, which has kind of a surround sound. So you can really feel the bass and the music and the boom in movies. That has been fun. I've seen a couple of movies in Prime. I saw Elements in Prime, The Flash in Prime, and then Indiana Jones last night in Prime. And then I'll see um, Oppenheimer in IMAX. And I'm really looking forward to that experience because I know Christopher Nolan is a stickler for how his movies are shot and how they're experienced. And he intentionally shoots for IMAX. So I want to see it that way. Now I'm getting on a little nerdy tangent. That's what's coming up. And golly, I'm looking forward to getting out of the month of June and into July. God bless America and all that jazz. So I hope you all have an amazing weekend. Enjoy the first month of the first day of July. And if you're in Louisiana, stay cool. Because, oh my gosh, y'all, it's hot. Can I rant for a hot second? I'm in South Louisiana, right? New Orleans, very South Louisiana. And it is disturbingly hot now it's normally hot every summer no big deal okay but we've had excessive heat warnings every single day for almost the last gosh 
I want to say maybe two, two and a half weeks where, you know, the dial says 97 degrees. We're like, oh, but it's going to feel like 120. And it does. It's a different kind of heat. Now, some people have said it feels more humid. To me, it feels like more of a dry heat. And I don't like it. I'd rather take humidity where I feel like I just am just swimming and sweat all day as opposed to this drier heat. I don't like it. But yeah, say a prayer for us. And if you're in Louisiana, stay cool. Love y'all much. And I will see y'all next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.